everyone. Welcome back to Failing Failure by ThinkSage. This is your host Vijay Chandula and in this episode of Failing Failure, we have invited Geeta Chaudhary Ma'am, who is a PhD in English Literature from Gujarat University and a gold medalist in her post-graduation. She was a visiting faculty member at Ahmedabad from 2012 till 2020, where she taught Written Analysis Communication, also called as WAC. She has also taught the same course at Ahmedabad. She has also taught communicative English at St. Xavier School, Ahmedabad for five years. Besides her interest in teaching, she has an abiding interest in translation of literary works. In 2017, she received the Sahitya Akademi Translation Prize for translating Mahatma Gandhi's autobiography, My Experiments with Truth from original Gujarati, Satyana Prayogo in to Bangla, also called as Satyar Anveshan. She has several publications to her credit. Her translation of first Dalit Gujarati autobiography, Puna Satya by Keshar Shivam into English, The Whole Truth and Nothing But the Truth has been published by Samya Publication, Kolkata. It is also used as a text in Germany. So let's hear her side of story about her career journey. Hi, ma'am. Uh, welcome to the Failing Failure by ThinkSays. And I'm really Thank excited you. to host you and uh, have a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Okay. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, so uh, ma'am, can you tell us a little about uh, like yourself, as in where did you grow up and how were your days when you were studying in college? Right. So, uh, you see, I uh, born, brought up everything in Ahmedabad, you know, though my, I'm a Bengali, but yeah. my par- my father had moved to Ahmedabad. This was much earlier, you know, this was pre-party, pre-party, pre-independence time. He had actually come to Ahmedabad to learn textile engineering, you know. Okay. And thereafter, he sort of settled down in Ahmedabad because then the country, was, there was partition because he, we, we hailed from uh, Chittagong, which is now in Bangladesh. So after partition, there was no way of going back to mm-hmm. there, you know. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents had also moved to uh, India, but they settled in a uh, French colony, if you have heard of that, Chandan Nagar, you know, that's a French colony very close to Calcutta. That is where they had sort of settled. But okay. by that time, my father had joined the textile mills and he was doing quite well there. And since there was no way of going back to his roots, he decided this was going to be his, uh, as you say, that this is going to be his uh, his place where he's going to establish. And he was a very, very ambitious person. Yeah. So very soon after that, he sort of moved, he started his own uh, 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 his own business. Initially, it was trading. Like he had a collab uh, collaboration with a Czechoslovak firm, and he used to get the automatic looms from there and supply it to the textile mills here. Yeah. Thereafter, he he went on to set up his own manufacturing unit where he was uh, with the collaboration of a German firm, and he was doing it. So, by the time we were growing up, and this was like. Uh, in the early 50s and all that, Ahmedabad was a very different kind of a person. It had a, uh, it's a very sort of cohesive society with a uh, lot of understanding and this, and we were growing up and there's a lot of Gandhian influence on that, uh, in that city. Yeah. And the, the school where I went, it was, it was completely modeled after the Gandhiji's principles, you know. 
so initially i studied there and it was like uh, my initial uh, education it started off in gujarati because my father said that since we are going to settle down here so let's let's not be a kind of a separate uh, family saying that oh we don't belong to here so his motto was wherever you to learn to adjust and be part of that society mm-hmm. but after uh, i moved to the english medium part of it and i did my uh, this and then i i graduated from st xavier's college doing my english literature went to uh, gujarat university did my masters and my phd from there so when i finished my phd the question before me is but like okay, i was just my, i was very clear that i wanted a career in academics you know i wanted to be a literature uh, faculty teach students at maybe undergraduate college and later maybe university this was my plan absolutely so was it common in your family or community for women to go to work back then or was it like your uh, thinking or your plan that you told to your parents how was it right uh see one thing is that what had happened is that with partition you know mm-hmm. so with many bengali families it they sort of realized that this was a time when even women have to be play a different kind of role you know they are no longer going to be uh, only a housewife or look after family of course that was very important even for my parents yeah. you know for yeah. them that that comes uh, the first but then you also become independent because they had seen that what happens you know when you are suddenly uprooted so mm-hmm. that a uh, question of being uprooted became very important in that and so uh, we did come across and my parents also came across so many people uh, mm-hmm. women who had made their career Uh, a physicist or a psychologist or this you know some of this uh, women they had seen in that so there was lot of encouragement there was no discouragement of saying that no you cannot do it but yeah. of course the understanding was that you do you have a good work life balance you know you have to have your family but you also you you may you know that is first and then this is second yeah. not what how people uh, now think you know the women now think uh so that that was so i don't think i faced that kind of a problem there as long as it was academics and all that i don't know whether if i had said that i want to join the corporate world whether my my parents would have encouraged me because you know teaching was something they understood and they said for women that was fine so that is that was the kind of thing you know they had so no i didn't face that sort of a, uh, a problem there it's a, yeah. it's a it's a quite refresher actually you know uh, yeah. so so back in like 50s and 60s you know the way you are yes. kind of you know uh, uh-huh. talking about and the, the kind of you know global exposure uh, that yeah. you know that the people had um, yes and uh, the kind of thinking that they had is something you know which is very very uh, like unheard of uh, because in 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 many other places if you talk about you know there are a lot of resistance there are a lot of you know um, problems people face so so in yes. a way what you are saying is that you know the kind of community the kind of family that you were around that in, in a way helped you in uh, maybe yes. you know uh, shaping up your career shaping up your thinking that you would want to have a career in academics sure sure uh, uh, though i had all this encouragement from the family but the uh, what had happened is that in the uh when i sort of 
got my PhD and all this, there was no, the job uh, prospect was very, very sort of uh, uh, discouraging because what had happened at, at that time, see earlier there used to be uh, a thing called uh, the school and the college, you know, they had this free university was part of the college. And then, you know, you, you graduate, I mean, you finish your schooling at 11th standard, mm -hmm. you know, do, you do, uh, clear the board. And mm -hmm. then you do uh, like five, uh, four years of college. So there was this, what used to be called pre-university and then three years of that, you know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then suddenly when, when I sort of finished my PhD, then they sort of shifted that pre-university to school, you know, it, so it became 12. Yeah. It, instead of 11 years in school, it became 12 years in school and what you called as higher secondary and all that. So suddenly that one year of college, so which means they had so many teachers, they, they had, they sort of lost their jobs. So yeah. there was no prospect of <laughs> taking in any new teachers. teachers. You know? yeah. So I mean, yeah, so there, there was absolutely nothing that I could do to get a job and so they had this all these extra teachers okay. and they had to be accommodated so there was no question of recruiting any new person mm -hmm. so that's the time when I mean we were looking around and I, I, I mean we didn't know what to do and my guide who uh, of my PhD thesis mm -hmm. he suggested that I should get in touch with uh, I am Ahmedabad because they had a course which is written analysis, you know, written analysis and communication. Yeah. And they said, though, though I don't have a management degree, but they need people to sort of uh, help the faculty to mm -hmm. teach this course, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, and also they had a publication uh, division where they, uh, all the things that were published at IMA they would it required uh, extensive editing looking mm -hmm. at the entire the publication side of it and all that mm -hmm. and uh, even for IMA the students who uh, they used to have uh, remedial classes for students who were weak in English and maths you know so mm -hmm. that is the time where you do the teaching where I could use my skill mm -hmm. and so then I interviewed and I got a job at IMA and mm -hmm. uh, as editorial associate come back reader you know this was the kind of thing so mm -hmm. that that was my sort of uh, stepping stone into getting into VAC and yeah. the rigor with which you know the faculty there I mean Professor Srinivas Rao he was kind of a mentor for some of us who joined mm -hmm. and we sort of went through that rigor of not only learning the just uh, management skills. We also mm -hmm. learn how to teach, how to analyze, mm -hmm. how to logically think, and how to uh, improve students' analytical skills and managerial decision-making skills. This is like absolutely we learned there. So I moved away from literature. Mm -hmm. I moved into this managerial decision skills. And that's where I sort of uh, spent a almost like 12 years I was doing this you know mm -hmm. uh, uh, this kind of a thing so that that's that I think was very important for me because later on when I moved to teach uh, this course mm -hmm. this this was what had helped me because I actually knew like if you remember the uh, uh, feedback sessions we used to have 
Yeah, so that's that's what that that's what I I mean that was all part of my work. You know, the faculty would just come to class, teach the case, and go away. The rest of it was handled by us. You know, yeah. Um, the so so that is where I sort of not only learned, but I also could I knew uh, I learned how to get along with students and how to help, mm. and that was the beginning because that's where though when you say how oh, I. I Indian Institute of Management, Ahmedabad. Oh, it's such an aura and all that. But there was a huge bunch of students who were, you know, they really needed help. Yeah. You know, so they had this two, one who came with absolutely brilliant and all that, and because they had that all that public school background and mm -hmm. IIT and all that, so that was one part. But so, there was another part. Hmm. Yes. So on on yes, this yes. part, huh, on this part, actually, yes. I wanted to ask one question. Huh. Uh, huh. That you, so as you said that you know the people who are coming to IIM Ahmedabad, so they were like mm -hmm. some of the brightest student uh, from yeah. various mm -hmm. parts of India. Yeah, um, right. So, so, so how did this belief uh, or the motivation, you know, that kind of you know, came to you that you know you can go in front of the entire class, teach those uh, students, you know, without being, uh, without having the fear of being judged uh, right, by the students. Right. Yeah, so that that was a challenge. That because because we sat one on one, yeah. because we went through their uh, report, mm -hmm. you know, meticulously. So mm -hmm. that's where we learned that though you may be a, a extremely brilliant student in, in in your engineering subject, but mm -hmm. when it comes to expressing things, articulating your thoughts, mm -hmm. the kind of thing that you require, the command of not only of the language but uh, the ability to logically frame out, to uh, follow this framework of VAC uh, mm -hmm. framework, mm -hmm. to teach that, so they also appreciate it, you know. They said, okay, because initially they would sort of said, oh, English, English lit, what do they know of management, you know. <laughs> but when <laughs> actually when you sit down and you say that whether it is English lit or whether it is engineering, but ultimately unless you are able to communicate, yeah. unless you are able to sort of give your decision and justify your decision, it's not going to help you at all. And that's why while they go through this, I mean, I'm sure you also must have experienced the same thing. While they go through this course, at, even mm -hmm. at IMM, the path, mm -hmm. there would be so much of this, oh, the, this, I mean, I, we never get the best grades. It's always whatever effort we put in, it's always the C or a C plus and nothing and all that. I always but, felt that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that you are not the only one. I mean, the entire generation of students have felt that. But just two years in their career, they come back and said, this is the course and please do not let this, uh, I mean, do not ever, uh, you know, discontinue this course because this, yeah. is, this is the course which has helped us a lot, you know. So that appreciation comes much later because only when they join their work, uh, you know, workplace and all that, they realize this importance of, uh, thinking logically and expressing uh, clearly and articulating clearly. So it, that's that's what this is a skill development course, you know, the, uh, uh, that we teach. And that's the value of this course. And I think that's why even now, uh, year after year, year after year, at all uh, alumni meet, the students have said that this is the this is one course which they have found very, very useful. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with them. Actually, you know, I so um, 
so when I, so when I was working, you know, with my previous organization at at, at yeah. Bank, so we used to write yeah. something called as PRD. So PRD used to be a product yeah. requirement document, which um, kind of had like all those details, you know, what the new feature should have. And uh, somewhere, you know, uh, at least the way we used to define, refine the criteria, and somewhere we right. used to evaluate the options, you know, that were right. that we had defined, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and and when we used to evaluate the options, the kind of recommendation that used to come out, you know, it it kind of you know reminded me as well, you know, mm-hmm. the way the VAC was like formulated, the way you know VAC uh, uh, the assignments used to be, uh, you know, given to us. It it. Uh, so those things. So if I talk about creating, you know, such documents or creating such, um, you know, uh, detailed uh, document. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is something that uh, that that doesn't come like naturally. Somebody has to yeah. somebody has to, yes. you know, tell. Okay, this is how the problem statement is mm-hmm. defined, or some. This is how the right. options are defined. This is how the criteria right. is defined. Right. So yeah. it it kind of you know uh, at least uh, for me it has been like super super helpful and very very uh, critical. Uh, at least in the early days of 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 my product management, uh, uh, you know, career. That's so, that's very encouraging. So, uh, as you rightly mentioned, that you know the uh, the the communication is that important to the students, um, yeah. and 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 we also see that you know at least uh, the communication aspect is something which is so critical that it uh, you know touch upon every career skill that we are trying to you know touch upon yes. through through our initiative at think th- think sure. yes. what do you suggest as in you know uh, how is it that students should approach um, you know once they once they like graduate or once they are like about to graduate from their colleges so what what should be your you know advice to those students uh, i i i would i would say that you know this should start I mean, if, since you are uh, doing this kind of work, I think you should impress upon the colleges also that they should start much early, you know, right from the undergraduate uh, courses that they have. Mm-hmm. This should be communication course should be part of that. See, Absolutely. what happens is that when you come right up to MBA and you start this, I'm not saying whack per se, you know, that mm-hmm. can happen at, at the MBA level, but some kind of communication courses, like how do you write a good email mm-hmm. or how do you how do you form your ideas into take a decision and you justify your decision, small case lets and small this kind of things, mm-hmm. if they start right in their very first year of, uh, you know, engineering or whatever science uh, graduation or whatever it is, because it does not matter what is your core subject is. This communication skill mm-hmm. will help them in any field whether you are doing your science or whether you are doing your engineering, whether you are going to join this company or that company, because that is the first memo that you write. Absolutely. See, even a simple thing like a memo, that is so important because you are conveying something, you know, a decision that the uh, management has taken and you want to anticipate that how it is going to be received, what will be the fallout of that and you want that to really work. So Mm -hmm. I feel that if you introduce or whenever you have these workshops, in that workshop, this not only soft skill, but actual writing should Mm -hmm. be part of that. And this should be done in small groups. And yeah. what I feel is that even today, like I am Udaipur, uh, what has happened is that the class size has really increased. Yeah. And 
and I do. I I'm I'm not very happy with that. I understand now we have five sections uh, and all that, mm -hmm. uh, but what the I for VAT we need smaller groups. Yeah. See, because otherwise it is not possible, you know. See, because the load is pretty heavy on the faculty, like grading 65, 70 uh, papers, you know, and mm -hmm. then giving feedback to 70 students in, in a span of two days, it's just impossible because you do it mechanically then. <laughs> but if the class size is small, you know, for any communication course, the class size should not be more than, say, at the most 30, 35 students. Absolutely. Because then, then the faculty student rapport and everything really improves. Mm -hmm. You know, if I compare, if I compare even my uh, my tenure at IIM Udaipur, mm -hmm. see what when we were in uh, our old campus, mm -hmm. you know, MLU, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there yeah. the kind of rapport we had with you all, you know, was so different from what is happening now in this new campus. It's a huge campus. It's it, there is no see there. It's like every every second we are meeting you. Mm -hmm. either at the tea, tea place or this or that and we used yeah. to spend i i remember till nine o'clock ten o'clock we are giving feedback and all that it was hard work but we enjoyed it so much and that's that's what those those students still keep in touch with me because uh, because they know me personally you yeah. know and that is what is very important a course like this yeah absolutely absolutely in in our context as well you know so somewhere when people the people have smaller groups the, the group dynamics are like perfectly understood yes. by students and those group mm -hmm. dynamics eventually push like all of those students in in mm -hmm. you know not just um, like writing a good english but also working in a group and then finally coming to some sort of a conclusion and giving yeah. something which is much more meaningful than that of what yes. an individual you know an individual would have given on his or her own so yes. um so on this so I'll, I'll maybe you know get back to maybe you know or your like personal professional life again uh mm -hmm. because because the name of this podcast is failing failure right oh, and uh, yeah. you had you had like a very like you know a good long and distinguished career teaching at some of the premier uh, b colleges uh -huh. right but so yes yeah, yes sorry. but i must also say that my career was it's not like a absolutely linear kind of thing it's yeah. a very meandering kind of <laughs> career that i had okay. see as i told you there was this uh, family on one side and career on other side you know that sort of a thing so there was a period when you know my, my children were uh, very small uh, and i didn't have any any other help and all that and i was finding it very difficult to do these two things together mm -hmm. and also uh, my husband took uh, he uh, he, he was a faculty at I am uh, Ahmedabad, so mm -hmm. he, he got a chance to be a visiting faculty at uh, an American university. So uh, I accompanied him for two years. So that mm -hmm. is the time when I sort of said, "Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking a break from." Okay, mm -hmm. See, that is the time when my literature background came to play mm -hmm. uh, because. I grew up in Ahmedabad, so I knew Gujarati. Mm -hmm. I, my own 
though I learned at home, but I was I, I learned it quite well. So I was quite good in my own mother tongue, and of course English was there. So uh, and so I decided that let me try my hand at translations and mm -hmm. doing other kind of things. Mm -hmm. So when I returned from the U.S., I I sort of initially uh, 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 I was doing part. Uh, I, I mean, I went back to I am Ahmedabad, but it was only as a part timer because I mm -hmm. then decided I had to pay more, much more attention to my teenage children and all that. So mm -hmm. it was only a part time kind of a commitment to that. So I continued my association with uh, VAC, but mm -hmm. I also got an opportunity to translate. So my my one major major work was. Uh, Gandhiji's autobiography, which I translated yeah. from original Gujarati mm -hmm. into Bengali. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this was like Sahitya Academy has commissioned me to do that, and okay. that resulted in you know my uh, that I got a Sahitya Academy uh, translation prize in 2017. Wow. So because that that was a voluminous kind of thing, it's a 400-page book mm -hmm. which I sort of uh, literally handwritten kind of thing mm -hmm. and and during uh, also at one point of time i also taught at st xavier's college ahmedabad mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, again communicative english because uh, and that's the time there was a, a translation center there called kathak uh, translation center and uh, that is where I was uh, a co-director there and we did a lot of see what you are talking about the communication mm -hmm. this is uh, this is not the management students these are all art students but yeah. uh, what we used to organize translation activities seminars workshop at Katha Xavier Center and the, these undergraduate students you know so they had never been exposed to this. That's where my IIM background also came handy because we would have these workshops, we would give them, assign them some uh, work, you know, like we would say, okay, go and find out what is happening to this, uh, you know, this uh, railway station, all that A.H. Uh, Wheeler bookstores that you have, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. where you buy magazines and all that you will find those paperbacks you know yes. where all the all the english uh, uh, mystery now uh, books and all <laughs> that they those things get translated into gujarati or hindi oh, so i said okay. who so we that was one project which is very interesting we mm -hmm. said go and find out who are these people who are translating mm -hmm. how are they translating what is it and mm -hmm. and we came up with such wonderful information and that student as you remember that one student who had worked on that right mm -hmm. today he is in a very good position in one of the universities he went on to do his his uh, uh, you know uh, uh, his uh, advanced studies in translation and all that so wow. this that that was kind of exposure we could give to undergrad which was unheard of you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, in regular undergraduate colleges you know so that mm -hmm. those are kind of so that we also said that we also had a workshop where we said okay uh, you remember this uh, uh, this uh, what is it called Chit chitra uh, uh, this all this ramayana and all that which is uh, <laughs> chitrahar if you're saying no, not Chitrahar. These are the comic books, comics book. All the stories of Ramayana and Mahabharata and all that, you know. So those those comic books, you know. So we uh, 
this is Anand Pai. I think he he is the he used to bring out that. So okay. we called him for a talk, and the students loved it. You know, so this is it is because uh, that was this is before a TV and all that. So the first exposure of students to uh, our uh, uh, all our Rama and Mahabharata and all the tales of. Uh, the, uh, ancient times and all that. This was through this uh, comic strips, you know. And so these are the kind of things we used to do. So that translation that kept me, you know, going. So this was like parallel thing that was happening. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, I I taught. I also uh, taught at IIM Ahmedabad. Then for uh, uh, one or two sessions at MICA, and uh, but. At the same time, I was also translating. I translated Dalit's, uh, the first Dalit uh, autobiography okay. from Gujarati into English and all that. So that is that was happening. And then, of course, when I am Udaipur was set up, so mm. the they contacted me, and thereafter, almost for about nine years, I yeah. I was with I am Udaipur. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the kind of. So at times, you know, when you find, I mean, I I want. Especially, sort of appeal to uh, the women, you know, because the women very often face this problem that oh, with uh, young kids and all that, so they are at always at a juncture, feeling that what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. I would say, learn to mold yourself mm-hmm. and try to like water, you know, wherever you find a little sort of an outlet, you just mm-hmm. go go into that. Mm-hmm. Don't restrict yourself. To only one thing. Yeah. So many avenues open where mm-hmm. you can do. I first came to Calcutta because my my husband came to uh, I'm uh, Calcutta as the director. So and by that time my children had left, and so I also moved to Calcutta. Then again there was a vacuum again created. You know. Okay. So uh, I uh, continued with translation, and uh, then. Uh, of course, I was going to Udaipur as well. I also wanted school here. Will you teach communicative English to these young girls, you know, nine standard, 10 standard kind of stuff? I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed doing it because these young girls, you know, they are from Bengali medium schools. Mm-hmm. But then I would say, okay, let's have, it was communicative English. I said, so uh, this is the spoken English. It was not not even communicate, not not written at all. I said, okay, let's have it spoken. Mm-hmm. So though it was a large class, a class of 50, but mm-hmm. we would break into groups. We would sort of enact things. We would say, I would just say, okay, go go and be a journalist. Go and find out what is happening in your locality and bring. And, and the students really enjoyed, and I also enjoyed. So I that's what my uh, I would wish everyone that mm-hmm. don't think that because this at one point of your life that you are not able to pursue this. That mm-hmm. means an end of your career. Mm-hmm. Find some other avenue, and and that's very enriching. And it also sort of, uh, I mean, doing all this has enriched me a lot because I've learned so much from my students. Some mm-hmm. students from I am Udaipur, from I am Ahmedabad, from Saint Xavier's College. All of them. I mean, I have I have received so much. I am a recipient of a lot of things, and that has completely enriched my life. Wow. So today, when at my at this period when my children have left, we are just the two of us and all that. But I'm still so busy with so many doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, so, 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 um, so, I did not know about your uh, like exposure to to your translation. So you spoke huh. about the book, uh, my experiment with with truth. I, but with truth, truth, I don't know what is it that it is called in Gujarati. But it's called Satyana Satyana Prayogo. Satyana you know? Prayogo. Okay, okay. Right. So you translated it to Bangla. So this book is something you know. I have read it like at least a couple of times, and I uh, have the book book in print, and the I I I also right. have this book in Kindle version because it continues right. to motivate me right. with with a right. lot of things. Huh. Uh, so the way he kind of you know so there are so there are a lot of narratives uh, that this mm. book has. Like one of the narrative mm. he speaks about uh, is the. uh you know uh, the the uh, letter that he wrote to tolstoy after he read a letter ah. to hindu right yeah. in mm-hmm. similar fashion there are multiple things that he draws upon uh mm-hmm. you know uh, he he speaks about john ruskin he reads so he he speaks about socrates he he speaks mm-hmm. about um raf emerson so there are multiple people he speaks about and he yeah. draws his own learnings from all of mm-hmm. those people right mm-hmm. so so is there anything that like that like impacted you uh in person uh that is there from this book that you would want to yes. share actually gandhi ji has a huge influence on me so oh. partly because i grew up in a city mm-hmm. which uh, he was so closely associated i mm-hmm. went to a school which was based on his model because you know the kind of school i went to it was that's the school where we had to do everything ourselves yeah. like the first thing you go to school you clean your classroom oh. you work work in the gardens you know so mm-hmm. what and you there were there were no uh, concept of having any servants or anything mm-hmm. it's it's everything has to be done by students and teachers yeah okay so it was like in the just imagine in the 50s you know this is how it it used to be and you you have to sort of once you go to school you go from one class to another you sit on the floor you work uh, uh, at a desk and all that so there was and you learn not only the language and maths and science and all that but there is also what is music indian culture indian uh, history and we used to have these projects with mm. where we worked all through the year to put up a Uh, an annual function which was which was like completely collaborative work so that gandhian influence has always been there so my even uh, and when i read gandhi ji's work in fact i mean the, the latest that i have translated of gandhi ji mm-hmm. is uh, hind swaraj yeah if you have read it's a very small book mm-hmm. but uh, that again i have uh, translated from gujarati to uh, bangla mm-hmm. and hind swaraj is actually his his entire philosophy is put in that you know so gandhi ji has been a huge influence like the way i my my own personal life my needs my the way i do it and and to be i've learned to uh, i mean the empathize with students and that that is what i feel because there are students you know i even when it comes to even classrooms and all that i've seen that when i find a student who is sort of shy and not able to participate mm-hmm. i stop the class and i said no nobody is going to speak till he sort of he or she is able to articulate whatever way whichever way mm-hmm. but let that person articulate and i'm i'm happy to say there have been 
cases where the student, you know, that was almost out of desperation saying that, no, I, I am not able to cope. But I mm -hmm. sat with that student and, and sort of uh, counseled him and all that and mm -hmm. brought him back to this. So yeah. I think all this has helped me because of uh, my certain background that I have had, you know. And of course, because one is literature gives you that kind of a thing. Gandhiji has given me that. Even my exposure to Dalit literature has helped me to understand what it is the life of a downtrodden. Mm -hmm. How fortunate we are. Mm -hmm. How lucky we are. Just because by accident of birth, we are born at a, this family or this class or this year. Mm -hmm. you know? So those are the kind of things that has really helped. Wow, <laughs> you know, it kind of it kind of you know gives me a, like a lot of motive a lot of motivation as well. You know because uh, I I have been you know so I have had a great influence at least in my thought uh, when yeah. it comes to learning and when it comes to so so there are a lot of things to draw upon you know from 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 his life and right. um, and, and, and and the work work that you and uh, Prashant are doing is uh, I would say it's in, absolutely in that line you know. Because to, it's not easy, Vijay, or for you all to give up a corporate uh, job and take up this kind of a challenge. And we need, our country frankly needs a lot of people like you. Because you can, you can really do so much good. You know? yeah. And if I had been very young, I would have joined you. <laughs> but still, I think, you know, there is like a lot to learn uh, from like your class notes as well as maybe you know whenever you know we would require you know help in like designing those workshops i'm sure you know your sure sure any any important. any any time any time in any way you I, that's what i told prashant also because when he initially wrote to me i said prashant i'm so impressed by the kind of work you do so anytime you need anything i'm i'm available i from with this you know i kind of come to the last question that i have sure Although uh, you have already given a lot of uh, thanks to uh, absorb to the students who would be listening to this, um, so so the students who are you know kind of graduating right now, okay, so mm -hmm. they have a different problem uh, at hand. Uh, unlike mm -hmm. it, it was like 20, 25 years before, they have right. a very different problem. The problem of like plenty. They. Mm -hmm are not sure like you know what is it that you know they have to do at times you know people have done their engineering their own, own domain but they got mm -hmm. disillusioned by it and they realized that this is not mm -hmm. something that they wanted to do mm -hmm. now there are four different things five different things that they are seeing here and there and then uh, in mm -hmm. everywhere they they have either a half baked in uh, information or half baked mm -hmm. interest uh, mm -hmm. which is what is leading to a, to even more confusion so yeah. this is this is not just there with uh, an engineering student, but this is something which is there with like all kind of students, uh, yes. be it an yes. MBA student, be it uh, you know a, a student who is graduating from his physics honors, maths honors, or any mm. of the other subjects. So what kind of uh, what kind of advice would you want to give to those students? Huh. So I would say that first and foremost, you find out what really motivates you. You know, there is one. Of course, monetary motivation is a huge thing because the kind of uh, the things that are bombarded to, uh, uh, towards everyone these days, mm -hmm. because this is what is going to, I mean, this is how the kind of life you, you sort of imagine and this is what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then at the core of it, you have to find out that what moves you, 
you mm-hmm. know the what what is your passion i mean maybe not so much as passion but you do realize and be open to lot of things because uh, just because you feel that you have gone into this field you uh, and then if you feel that no i'm not able to i i don't think this was my calling Mm-hmm. so be open to think that okay you can change and you can go into something else you know so there is mm-hmm. no don't be rigid i would say don't be rigid and mm-hmm. try to sort of uh, keep everything uh, this but ask yourself question yourself that what exactly do you want from life and That's also i think you know they have so much so i mean these days there are so many opportunities to talk to people mm-hmm. so talk to various people attend some of the workshops and things like that have a very sort of clear uh, conversation and things and find out what what exactly take your time don't be in a hurry just because some one company is sort of offering right now and and they are sort of breathing down your neck mm-hmm. wait and find out is this what you want yeah. or are there other options talk to people because communication these days has become so easy like sitting here you are communicating with the entire world so just find out and yeah. then give a thought so don't be in a haste that is all i would say does that make sense Vijay? yes absolutely absolutely i totally uh, i'm totally in agreement with you because the kind of avenues that have been opened be yes. linkedin be right. uh, you know yes uh, other channels you know it is uh, it has become super super easy for people to you know yes. not just connect with other students but, uh, but the employers but- of employers the people who are working with those companies where you want to work or people who have a, yes. a, an interest that you have um so so uh, so it it is extremely important at least in today's context for people to have uh, to uh, to be open as in uh, not just uh, that you know you should be open when when you are in doubt but also even if let's say you think that you have yes. found your calling even then you know you right. remain open think about what other people are saying and that is Absolutely. what will that is what will help you in finding you know the calling so your yes. calling and maybe you know defining what is it that you want to do with your career absolutely uh, yes yeah, so. and and also reach out reach out you know because there uh, there is also this huge problem of you know getting into uh, a state where you feel that you have you start developing a very low esteem about yourself because that's happening because the yeah. kind of rat race that is going on many students feels that no i c- cannot so reach out to people and it's so easy to reach out these days so there are people so please i mean i would tell the entire youth because it yeah. is a very uphill up uh, unsettling and all kinds of things happening in your life yeah. so don't sort of keep things bottled up within yourself you know just reach out ask for help mm-hmm. there is no shame in asking for help you know? yeah that's what i would say I agree with you ma'am so uh, that kind of you know brings us to the end of our conversation uh, thank okay. you thank you so much for uh, coming thank to this forum yeah thank you for coming and uh, sharing your experience very valuable experience not just to students but also you know for me also there were a lot of learnings from this uh conversation um, i i believe that it is kind of you know an extension to the kind of one to one feedback sessions that you used to have in college <laughs> thank you <laughs> so 
This was an interesting conversation with Geeta Chaudhary ma'am and I hope you also took away something of value out of this conversation. If you did, then do remember to apply it in your lives. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you liked our podcast, then do leave out a review. That's it for this week. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in and listening. We will come back soon with a new story. Until then, enjoy your week.